At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Did the Grizzlies miss John Morant or what? Welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. And follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Brad Spielberger of PFF will help us bet on the game of the week with between the Ravens and the 49ers. And then Isaac Trotter shares his favorite plays for college basketball this week. But first... Joe, you and I have seen plenty of buzzer beaters in our time, but we don't get to see one attached to such a massive, colossal comeback story. After trailing by 23 on the road, John Morant took over for the Grizzlies en route to 34 points, including the game winner as Memphis won 115-113. First observation I want to make about John Morant's incredible performance is that not only did he have a high usage rate, not only did he have 35 minutes on the floor, but 22 of those 34 points were unassisted. The Grizzlies missed him badly. I tried to get you guys to take a walk in Memphis with me and get laughed during lightning bets. You laughed. The college level, the NBA level, the college level was not a sweat. Last night was a sweat. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though they were getting so many points, like throughout, like much of that game, I'm like, okay, we're inside cover. Now we're not. Now we're inside. I I just (laughs) felt like it was a matter of time before it was going to go in the opposite direction. But a dominant second half from Memphis. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's what happened in that game. 74 points in that second half. And, uh, Ja, yeah, they didn't hold back. They didn't ease him in in any any sense. (laughs) Go. You know, we've been playing. You've been waiting. Yeah, we're all excited that you're back. Like, let's go, Ja. Carry us. And that's exactly what happened. Um. You know, not something that I expected to occur in the final moments mm. of the game. Just watching most of it. But, uh, yeah, you saw it, and that's that's something that I want to address because we're not even a third of the way into the season, uh, and this Grizzlies team is suddenly fascinating. I know they're much closer to the very bottom of the NBA uh, than the top, but you have so much to go. And we kn- the larger sample size over the last few years, we know what this team is or what they can be. So certainly enough time in the year to rebound from their awful start without John Morant, maybe overreacting, but it it does feel like a a game changer for for Mm -hmm. them and, and the bottom of the playoff picture in the Western Conference. 
Well, let's let's go by the numbers here and let's talk about this. There's six and a half games out of the 10th spot right now. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at plus 820 for them to make the playoffs. Do you feel like, okay, we've had 25 games now, right? That was the length of the suspension. Now he's back. You know how important he is. And also, too, we also know what the Grizzlies have done, say, last season, season before, where they were top two seed, top three seed. They were fantastic in the regular season Mm -hmm. uh, with with John Morant. And even without him in certain stretches in the regular season in the last couple of years, we've seen them be successful. So is there enough time being six and a half games out of the play-in tournament? Is that enough time for them to make a push? So what do we do with this? What do we do with this 25 games? I think that's the Mm -hmm. question that you have to ask yourself if you're considering this. Because they're dead last in the NBA in offensive efficiency without John Morant. So now, now what are they? Are they towards the middle of the pack? Like, do you want to completely throw it out? We probably shouldn't completely throw it out, but I'm also uh, thinking back to a couple of years ago. Remember when he missed time with an injury? Oh, look at their record without John Morant. You know, Mm -hmm. they're just as good, blah, blah, blah. It's a completely different story. And and I'm sure that was uh, in Memphis a lot of the thinking like, hey, they've had some success without Ja. Like, we can be okay. We can find a way to get by. And and they were not doing that in the first 25 games. I I don't want to completely throw it out, but I'm leaning towards, like, let's not put too much into that. You know? I mean, where, right. where are you at as far as that goes? You know, I, I'm kind of torn, to be honest. If, in terms of the actual bet, plus 820, there probably is value there. And if I'm looking historically at the last several seasons in the Western Conference, this isn't, say, like five to ten years ago where you're dealing with every single team in the West being that much better than, say, the East, where you probably have to finish like nine, ten games above 500 just to get the eight seed. That's not really how the Western Conference is designed anymore. It's a good bit more top-heavy, where the top two, top three, top four teams, yeah, they have phenomenal records. Then everywhere else, you're probably looking around, like, say, a 500 record. So as far as that's concerned, as long as the Grizzlies can get to 500, then, yes, they can very well make the play-in tournament at a minimum. And so in that Mm -hmm. respect, I do feel a little better about their chances. The problem, though, is... You look at the top of the Western Conference right now, and you're seeing teams that you normally don't see there, like the Timberwolves at number one, OKC at number two, other teams like the Houston Rockets, I believe, have the nine spot right now. So you have new contenders that you wouldn't normally have to get past to get one of those spots. Not to mention, there are other teams who, okay, let's hang on to our priors just a little bit longer. The Phoenix Suns are 10th right now. The Lakers are 8th. You really think you can jump those teams if, say, they're going to be mired in mediocrity the rest of the year? I'm not so sure about that. So to answer your question about what do we do with our sample size prior to John Morant, I think it does matter because in seasons past, we could see success without him. Maybe it's something where they need to establish Morant just a little bit more, and maybe you you know get used to that, and then you see a completely different offense out there. But ultimately, I think... John Morant's absence, uh, you know, it is significant and -hmm. they do have a long way to go. And at least you have to respect that deficit. Like they have no chance of winning that game without him last night. No chance. Right. (laughs) You know, they probably don't even cover the point spread. And and, and I'm wondering as you're going over that, is this the new norm? Because I'm obviously Mm -hmm. flashing back to the Kings of last year. And then the two teams atop the Western Conference right now 
are the teams that were getting a lot of steam. And it was like, mm-hmm. is it too much steam? The win total's jumping up a lot. A lot of backing from Minnesota and Oklahoma City. And they've met that, man. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder if we're, we are going to start to see, okay, there's a couple teams that are going to take playoff spots that you were not expecting coming into the season. So uh, it, it's really fascinating to take a look at that. The Western Conference, you're maybe not – Maybe not as top heavy, but when you talk about the depth, like it's pretty strong. Like some teams that could be in that play-in tournament right now, Golden State not one of them. You know, and maybe right. Golden State is is in there uh, w- with possibly Memphis or you know the Lakers are in that range right now. Uh, the West certainly much deeper. There will be a good team or a team we thought was good going into Mm -hmm. the season that will fail to even make the play-in tournament which team that is certainly we can talk about that for you know quite some time but I think it is a guarantee with Memphis you know being on a surge chances are they will at least contend for one of these spots I think you and I can at least agree on that the question though is okay who's gonna miss out somebody will could it be the Lakers could it be the Warriors somebody we thought was really good maybe even made a run in the playoffs last year want to see a series Suns I mean, Suns, Suns are barely in right now. <laughs> and that's so wild much, to me. Yeah. 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 It's a I know. lot that we have to figure out. Uh, let's mm-hmm. move on now to the gridiron because uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, fooled some of us, maybe not all of us, uh, but turns out he is not coming back after all, saying that he is not 100% and he gave it a go, but it's just not going to happen. And certainly when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you always have to think about, say, ulterior motives. Like, why did he throw these ideas out there? Why were these reports out there? Why was it Mm -hmm. so important for cameras to see him throw and do all sorts of cool things? But at the same time, there really wasn't uh, that great of a probability that he was going to be out there and starting games for the Jets. So now what do we do about this? Uh, Is this something where we're going to fade the Jets because Aaron Rodgers was never going to make it all along? Or is this sort of a non-issue to you? Uh, Good question. I'm looking more at next year because Mm -hmm. that's going to be one of the big storylines all offseason once again because we don't know what version of Aaron Rodgers we're going to get. Do we go back a couple years? Do uh, is it too much to go back a few years? Like, there's no way he can get back to that form. You have no idea uh, what's going to happen as far as these last few games. Like, maybe even the Jets' offense has a little bit of success because they're facing such a bad secondary in Washington coming up uh, this Sunday. Then they wrap on the road with two tough defenses. So whichever quarterback ends up being out there, if Zach Wilson is has returned at that point or whether it's Simeon boy whatever whatever they end up doing it's probably going to be an ugly really ugly finish and you know the right thing is what for they just to lose these games I don't know if they can lose to Washington but we all know that they need help that you want to add to that offensive line to try and help Rodgers next year they were all in this year it was really a two-year all-in process so what are you going to do to help Rodgers in the draft? That should be their focus. You've been eliminated from the playoffs. Lose these last three games, finish the year 5-12. and 12. 
God, this offensive line's bad. I know we've talked about this all regular season long, but if there are reports out there that Zach Wilson was uncomfortable returning to the football field, then that's probably a pretty good sign uh, that Aaron Rodgers probably would have also been uncomfortable behind this offensive line. And maybe he didn't want to say that out loud because it's disparaging and, you know, things like that. Maybe it's not beneath him to do such things, but at the same time, this offensive line has to get better. And you're absolutely right. The best thing that the Jets can do for the long term, just to not worry about these last three games, you know, maybe there's something to be said for trying, but don't necessarily go out of your way to win these, to win these games where you're, you know, doing too much game planning and you're not thinking more about what will help this team, what will make this team better against other competitions going forward. Uh, Yeah. The Jets are three point favorites right now against the commanders right now. Uh, But after that, like you're evaluating players, probably that's the bigger issue uh, than it is trying to say win these football games. And that's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's not so much tanking in the truest sense, but it's more evaluation. And this is something that the Jets need to be doing a lot of as they really try and make a push next year. So are are we still at Jets minus three? Sure. What? What the (laughs) hell? So Zach Wilson's not going to play this week, right? No, it's it's Simeon, I believe. Yeah, they made that announcement. Oh, and apparently, according to Zach Wilson's mom, his brain is like scrambled eggs right now. I saw that report. Yeah, so we we probably shouldn't see him the rest of the year. And, you know, the market has said he's worth something more than the other backups. So why? (laughs) What is happening? What is happening? This is wild. I don't. What should it be? Let's go there. No, we know was, it's Howell for so was, Washington. Is it like, should it be like Jets minus one and a half, which until you get to three is, but like you're putting, you're hanging a three up there, man. Um, and like, I'm yeah. honestly, I would love for Jacoby to come in again halfway through this game. Mm-hmm. Veteran quarterback. I, I look, Howell could, he could throw three picks against this defense for sure, but sure. Uh, three Trevor. It's it's funny. I feel like Trevor Simeon, like Wilson, what a statement. Wilson might have the highest ceiling of the three from what we've seen. Like, we've seen him have some games somehow. But, like, mm-hmm. Simeon is almost maybe the most trustworthy. Highest floor. Yeah. Thank you. That that's why they went back to him. <laughs> right. That's that's why right. they went back to him. Mm. He had one good game. Uh, yeah. If you've already pulled the plug on Howell, now it's easier to do moving forward, right? To right. do it again. Oh, absolutely. The the yeah. lease should probably be even shorter, I would imagine. Like, why why well, would you subject them to this harm? You know, like, this may be more, like, in terms of the line and where it is, maybe more of a Jets defense statement because yeah. you don't really trust any of the quarterbacks. And so what's the, your differentiating factor? It's the fact that the Jets, you know, can still play well on that side of the ball. Maybe so more just, to do with that than anything else. We got to play the under, right? 37 and a half. Maybe that's the move, you know, because, like, I don't trust Ron to do anything smart in terms of, like, trying to put up points. Like, yeah, I I don't want to put my money on Ron ever again. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, (laughs) under. The more we talk through And you may not have to ever again. Yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to ever again after these last Mm -hmm. few games. We know what's happening. And Ron should just go to media. That's it. I guess over, man. He'd be great at it, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The fact that he's not Riverboat Ron anymore, he's getting much more yeah. conservative. I know we kvetched about this on Monday as far as not going for two down eight. 
But yeah, like if you're not even the mentality that you had that got you the job in Washington in the first place, then you're a shell of your former self. And now it's Mm -hmm. time to go to media and talk about the good old days. And you can make a good (laughs) living that way. Absolutely. Yeah, people like him too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think he and Cam Newton would go well together. Like do a little media tour or something. Oh, run it! I I was not expecting Cam to to come to the dark side. Like that never crossed my mind. Like he's made so much money. Why would he bother? Yeah. Well, all that fashion sense led me to believe that he likes to be a little ostentatious, and he's got opinions. You know, he can be outspoken. So. That was my thinking coming up. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our weekly power rankings. Where do we have the Buffalo Bills among the best teams in the NFL after their impressive win over the Cowboys? That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. this drive. Allen. Here comes Parsons. Runs away. Throws on the run. Has a man. Caught. Touchdown. It's Cook. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Aaron is off today and coming up in about 20 minutes, we will go to the stat leaders markets to see where we can find value. But now it is power rankings day and no frills to this one. Just the top five teams in the NFL right now. Joe thinks I still have the Cowboys at number one. Uh, but he is incorrect. Uh, But maybe they are still hovering around the top five. We'll find out in just a bit. Uh, But Joe, how about you uh, kick things off? Uh, What do you, who do you have in your top five in your power? Hovering, hovering. There is no doubt. They are a minus 500 favorite to be in the top three. We'll see uh, if that is accurate. Uh, Let's start it out of kiosk. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We'll start at uh, number one overall because there's no suspense, guys. So we're going to work our way down one through five. Uh, We have to start with San Francisco. Everybody's going to have San Francisco. Any uh, odds maker you talk to, anybody making numbers, if they have any common sense, it's San Francisco. Look at the point spread this week against Baltimore. I mean, that just tells you right then and there. A lot of people are going to have the Ravens at number two or number three and look at the point spread. The Niners are four to five points better than any team. Doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl, but right now, based on the resume that they've built up this regular season, they're number one uh, far and away. So makes perfect sense to start with San Francisco. Number two, a little bit of debate, but I ended up going with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so here, here we go. One against two coming up in week number 16. I have the Ravens as the most balanced team 
And I am concerned about the injuries that are happening to uh, some of the contributors that they have on offense, not the deepest offense, but it's a great start with Lamar. And after losing Andrews and now Mitchell, who brought some explosion to that offense, I wonder moving forward if it's really going to impact them. I never know in the run game where they're going to go. And that's good for them. They have multiple options there, but uh, while I am concerned, it, Lamar just lifts everybody up. Strong offense, strong defense, strong coaching staff. So it's hard to find a weakness with the Ravens. I mean, they have a probably top three, top four offense and probably a top two, top three uh, defense. So went with the Ravens at number two. I put the Bills at three. Yeah, Uh I did. I decided Uh to do it. And maybe we are going a little bit too far with the whole Bills are the hottest team in the league thing because it is a two-game winning streak. In their last eight, they are four and four. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but as you go through it, you're like, okay, that was the crazy way to start the season with the special teams touchdown ended after the Rodgers interview on nine injury on 9-11. Uh, in New York, and you know, you had that. You had a London game, and I believe that was a, that was the second game, right when the Jaguars were there. Uh, that was That's a tough right. spot. Um, that yep. was a difficult game. Uh, the Philly game, they lose in overtime, thirty-seven, thirty-four. It all counts, but right now, you trust that offense as much as any offense in the league. And when you have Josh Allen, like, okay. You don't have to sell me too hard. If you listen to the show regularly, you know I, how high I am on the Bills. So I put the Bills number three. So 49ers, Ravens, Bills. And then 4-5 was really close. It was splitting hairs, flip a coin, whatever. And I landed on the Chiefs at number four. It was kind of overlooked that the Chiefs put up 27 points against a very good defense in New England. Like, all of the Patriots' issues are about the offense, not the defense this year. And they rank highly in a lot of key metrics. And, you know, you look at how their schedule is going to wrap with Vegas, Cincinnati, uh, L.A. Chargers. Chiefs just might be 12-5 and and might not be a big concern once we get to the end of the season. So... It's going to be interesting. They're going to be in the mix for the bye. We'll see because Baltimore has uh, some challenges in this final stretch. So I went with the Chiefs uh, because of Mahomes. Um, and the coin flip was against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, I put the Cowboys at five. Could have easily been Aww. number four. Uh, listen, hey, man, I know you think I'm killing the Cowboys. I've been right there with you on Dallas all season long. Like, I've been very high on Dallas. Both of us had them winning that division. I don't know that that's going to that's gonna hit. Uh, Lamb has not done much lately. He's had less than 72 yards in four of his last five games. They have a losing record on the road, but still, I mean, offensively, y- you've got to trust them. I have concerns lately on the defensive side of the ball. And it, it was close, but you're going to have your opportunity to get in there. Miami, show me you belong. It was close with Miami, but I just couldn't do it. They're going to have a, three opportunities to prove that they belong in the top five. So my top five is the Niners, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, and Cowboys. Isn't it amazing that we are 15 weeks into the regular season, and yet if we were to get into a time machine and look at, mm-hmm. say, our top five, 
I don't think it would look that differently from what we have, right? Like this is from week one, you know, drastically. Yeah, from week one to now, I don't think there are just a ton of changes. Like the Chiefs obviously fall from say one to four. 49ers made a bit of a run. All that stuff is fine, but I don't think it's drastically different than say what we were dealing with before, right? It's probably the same five. You're maneuvering some teams from week to week based on what what we've seen recently. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, is there a team that was top five that isn't now? Eagles. Probably Philly. Yeah. And I that, can't that's think probably the only one that's dropped out. And even then, like had they beaten Seattle on Monday, maybe they have the five spot over the Cowboys. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, then it really is just a shuffling exercise more than anything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep. No, I agree with that. That's that's because of the bills, too. For much of right. the year, they, they dropped out. And we'll see if uh, you agree. If Another you back. back in. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I wanted to showcase a little holiday spirit uh, with my power rankings. And so what I have done is I am pairing these teams with the best Christmas songs of all time. So let's see how this goes. Number one, the 49ers, the White Christmas by Bing Crosby Goat. Brock Purdy may be a system quarterback, but that system has led to greatness and great stats at his position. You pair that with an exceptional rushing attack to where not only is Christian McCaffrey getting us to care about running backs again, which is saying a lot, uh, but he has 100 more yards after contact than anyone else in football. So the greatest running back, the greatest quarterback performance, maybe not the greatest quarterback, but the greatest quarterback performance right now, how can you not have the 49ers in the top spot? At number two, I also have the Baltimore Ravens, the I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, but only specifically by Jackson five slot. Having Lamar Jackson, who can create without Mark Andrews or a completely healthy offensive line, that is one thing, but a defense best equipped to handle today's offenses, that is another, and this is important. It's not just having a good defense. There are plenty of good defenses out there, but this one is specifically designed 
to take care of the best offenses in the NFL. The Ravens have the third highest defensive success rate against teams that use pre-snap motion. Think of the best teams that use pre-snap motion. The 49ers, the Dolphins should come to mind. This defense has the third highest uh, success rate against them, trailing only the Browns and the Saints. So this, to me, says that the Ravens can contend with anybody. Number three, the Buffalo Bills. The last Christmas by wham spot i have them at number three as well josh allen has always played well but since joe brady has took over as offensive coordinator in week 11 the bills have the third highest success rate on run plays the second most first downs over expected on run plays if james cook and company get a lead they will be mighty mighty tough to stop those games may get decided in the first quarter so remember that when it comes to live betting and look bill's defense have also done enough to contain a great passing attack in the Cowboys and, to an extent, a pretty good passing attack in the Chiefs. And the Bills may simply be enjoying positive regression, so come along for the ride. Number four, I also have the Kansas City Chiefs, the O'Tannenbaum four spot. (laughs) So much for looking dysfunctional in a loss. They covered the number against the Patriots, so it's worth some accolades. And look, we respect Pat Mahomes. He's the best quarterback right now. And look, one thing that he does really, really well is that he doesn't get sacked. And that matters a great deal because when it comes to, say, fumbles and drive sputtering and all of that stuff, as long as you're avoiding sacks, then at least it gives your offense a chance. And look, that offensive line is certainly helping the cause. Mahomes has suffered four unblocked sacks this season. That's tied for the fewest in the NFL. And on extended plays, he's only been taken down once. Protecting the ball, keeping plays alive has made him special, and he's continuing to show us that despite all of the problems that the Chiefs have at the wide receiver position. And then finally, at number five, the Dallas Cowboys. Joe and I have exactly the same list. Both of us have the Cowboys at number five, the Feliz Navidad spot. Look, it was a bad loss Sunday, but Dak Prescott still leading all quarterbacks in big-time throw rate. Annie enjoys Annie enjoys the third lowest turnover worthy play rate, both for PFF. Micah Parsons can still win defensive player of the year. Rest of the secondary, a lot of duct tape on it, but it is still more than serviceable enough to repair those key deficiencies. They can win their last three and take this division. So just like Joe, 49ers, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys. And then at the bottom of this list, the Carolina Panthers or the baby it's cold outside slot. Do you, does that mean you hate that song? It's the worst song of all time. This holiday. no, it, it is, is not song. the worst of all it's time. Terrible. It's a little problematic, Joe. It's a little That's, problematic recently. Yeah, Joe would like that song. Yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's been canceled. I know it's all over. Again, I worst song of all time is a little strong, but I, I am surprised that, uh, okay, once you got to the Bills at three, I'm like, we have the same list. Because there was no way you were leaving Pat Mahomes outside the top five, and there was no way yeah. you were leaving the Dallas Cowboys outside the top five, even though even though you were high on Miami. Um, I don't even mm-hmm. think higher than most, but I don't know. The conversations over the last couple of days made me think that you were mm-hmm. high – Hi, you're on Miami. I thought that they would uh, crack your top five, but once you got to Bills at three, I'm like, oh, we have the exact same list. 
Yeah, exactly right. Like it yeah. was a predictable ending to say the least. Once I got uh, to that sort of uh, you know storyline change point, I guess. Uh, but Miami six probably somewhere around there, and then there is Same. a massive drop off after that. You know, like we're, we're looking at say the Eagles. You know that that loss really hurt them. Like no two ways about it. Like that was significant, and that was sort of the tirade that I took yesterday, saying, "Okay, look, yeah." Bad loss for the Cowboys. No big deal. I understand it. But losing to Drew Locke was that much worse. Drew Locke is now a thing because the Eagles could not game plan for him. That is a really bad sign as far as their chances going forward. And then look, Mm -hmm. we didn't have Detroit in our list either. Like, that's also interesting. A team that is destined to win the division and not get a four seed we still don't think that highly of them. And to me, I think it's rightfully so just because there's an obvious ceiling when it comes to Jared Goff. This defense has a lot of question marks. In fact, they run the football as much as they do. What if they can't do that? What if game script doesn't allow them to do that? That's going to be a significant problem going forward. Never considered the Lions. And at no point did I think they had a chance. Miami, yes. That was a mm-hmm. strong consideration at five. But, sure. you know, I, I wasn't going to bounce KC or Dallas out of the top five. You know, this probably happens a lot. Like, you get to this point in the season. You have so much football that we've watched. We have strong opinions. And you have so much data. It's like, yeah, this, this is clear cut now. Um, it was probably... Mm-hmm. And it was not probably, it was definitely a lot tougher to do early on in the season. But yeah, uh, we're just a few weeks away from the playoffs and uh, the top five, top six in the league is pretty strong. And then the next tier down, like there is that significant gap. Lions are. I'm just looking at point difference. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say that. Lions or Eagles? Uh... The Lions could run the hell out of the ball on them. That's Where we, that's like what I first. Oh, thought oh, of. you saying uh, a, a matchup of them two? Yeah, a matchup of those two. Yeah, I mean it could be power rankings or I, I was thinking head to head, but either way, yeah, power rank them too. Neutral. Depends where they're playing, right? Yeah, that's got big be neutral, time, right? Oh, absolutely, it does. A hundred. Because if golf's outside, I mean, in the playoffs, we've seen nope. that story. Yeah. Yeah, but golf outside against that secondary, like, could it, could mm-hmm. golf even do something? Probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. I would, man, it's tough. I'd lean Lions right now. That is I mean, if it's close. in Detroit, they're going to air oh. them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I have the Eagles ahead of the Lions, uh, significantly so. Uh, if I'm looking at, say, my power ranking numbers, uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, it's a mighty big drop-off after that. But what's funny is uh, the Eagles are seventh to me. The Lions are eighth. So in terms of rankings, they're fairly close. But the actual raw numbers, uh, there's a massive drop-off after the Eagles. I mean, at some point, quarterback play has to matter, and we like Jalen Hurts more. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, where to find value in the stat leaders market? Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Plenty of other stuff to get to on the program today. We've got Brad Spielberger coming up in the second hour. Third hour, we've got Isaac Trotter to talk a little college basketball. But first, let's get to the stats leaders market. And we're going to start with pass leader. And it's funny, Joe, uh, as I was preparing uh, for this particular topic yesterday, uh, the more I looked at it, the more I crunched the numbers, the more I thought, you know what? 
there's a very real possibility that Joe and I will wax poetic about the virtues of C.J. Stroud and how he could very well finish as the passing leader. But then the report came out that Stroud, uh, per reports, uh, will likely miss one more game, this time against the Cleveland Browns. And so I suppose we are in this era where are we to trust these kinds of reports after what happened on Monday with Drew Locke actually starting for the Seahawks. But still... These reports do come from, you know, important people who do know what they're doing. So now what are we to do with the passing leader market? Man, if he's going to miss two games, this is serious. Like, I don't know that he's going to return. And I get that approach from the Texans too. Hey, let's not get caught up in a division that's up for grabs, a mediocre division or a playoff spot that might be up for grabs in his rookie season. It's about the next dozen years. It's not just about this year. Um, so that's yeah, without his dudes too, uh, really interesting. I I was before that report, I was holding out hope. I was like, look, mm-hmm. maybe Tua doesn't play in the last week. Maybe Stroud is chasing and he ends up in some of these shootouts. But yeah, if he doesn't play this week, it's over. Our, our dream is dead. So, how do we react? Well, look. Tua is plus 115, so he's 39-21. He's got a lead of around, you know, 130, somewhere in that range over Purdy. I'm not interested in Purdy. Purdy is 3-1, to and there's a decent chance that he does not play the last week. They have that one locked up. There's that possibility. And it's also San Francisco. How many times have they been hurt by not having a quarterback in the playoffs? (laughs) They're – just give them a reason. I would think that they're going to sit him the last game. Um, it's PTSD in the Bay Area, no you, doubt. <laughs> yeah, Mahomes five to one. Not interested. Are we mm-hmm. going to see a big Mahomes four hundred yard game? Because you've got to see one of those, if not multiple of those, for him to catch Tua. Assuming Tua is going to be out there, and and then you get down to golf. Golf's a full two, basically two hundred behind uh, Tua. So Tua at plus money. Here's how I look at it, Ed. My view is. Stroud had to die, not literally, but Stroud had to die so the Bills could live. Two is going to be playing in that last week, barring health. It's not going to be a locked-up situation. I believe the AFC East is going to come down to that Week 18 matchup. Could be wrong. You know, Buffalo's 2-1 to for the division, but I believe that's going to be the scenario. And so I don't see anyone catching Tua. How about you? can someone catch up to two of it? The question for me is, and first off, general advice, and I know I've said this kind of before, but I think it's really important in, in this context. I think it's a dangerous proposition to believe that these good teams we're talking about will simply run the table no matter who they are playing. They'll go on this final three-game winning streak or whatever it is. Like, we are going to get some upsets. We are going to get some rather rather mm-hmm. baffling games and weird contests and weird results and all of that stuff. So what's more predictable here to me is, A, yards, trying to figure out how that's going to look. But then also, too, like what game scripts are going to be out there where quarterbacks are going to have to throw a good bit more. When I look at, say, Tua, my concerns are twofold. Number one, how much are they going to try and run the ball? Because that's something that they know they are going to need up against the Bills and in the playoffs. So there's that. Other thing, too, is Tyreek Hill's status, which we expect from him. Because even Mm -hmm. though Jalen Waddell had a phenomenal output on Sunday, 
is this replicatable? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'd like to think it can be, but I don't know that. So in that respect, I don't know if there's a whole lot of value in terms of what I'm seeing at plus 115 for him to finish as the passing leader. I mean, the way I look at it is, yes, I know Mahomes has a bit of a deficit right now. But if you look at, say, starting field position, average starting field position, I want to look for quarterbacks who will have to pass a good bit in order to get to the red zone and ultimately the end zone. And average starting field position has not been great for the Chiefs. It's been about average. And we also don't trust that rushing attack. Like you talk about all the problems the Chiefs have right now. The ground game has been significant. It's not talked about very much. But it is a problem for them. So I do expect Mahomes, even with a conservative passing attack, he will be asked to throw the ball a lot. And if that's the case, then maybe he gets there on, say, 50 attempts, 55 attempts, something ridiculous. So can mm-hmm. he get to 400 yards? Absolutely. That ceiling is there. So at 5-1, to one, I don't necessarily hate that. Uh, the problem, though, is like with all these other quarterbacks, they're usually starting with pretty good field position. And they can rely on the ground game just a little bit more. And so I think Mahomes is probably the only one at the top of the list who I'm comfortable with. After that, there are just way too many question marks where I wouldn't necessarily place a ticket yet. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. that cash out option, it's bad now, but it's three and a half X my wager. Okay. It's Stroud done. If it's over, it- over. If he's not playing, it's over, over. Right, right. Um, yeah. And what happens uh, in this upcoming one? I mean, Texans are going to lose, right, to the Browns. Like, are we comfortable saying that? And then what does that mean in terms of Stroud's status going forward? Do you right. risk it? Or does it go in the other direction where you lose and now perhaps you're a little bit more desperate? Or do, do any of these things matter? What, what would I, you rather do? From a betting perspective, would what would you out. rather do? In So in this situation, you would – Cashing out, better option than making a large wager on Tua at plus 115. I I would rather cash out, uh, personally. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I could see, I mean, you, it's pretty clear who the, the favorites are. Like, I mean, there's a massive drop-off after, say, the seven or eight, I think. Uh, but then after that, I wouldn't necessarily take a flyer on anybody. I mean, it's funny when I was looking at, you know, average field position, you know, likelihood of passing all of that stuff. You know, I'm getting guys like Baker Mayfield and Matt Stafford and guys like that in terms of uh, who can accrue a bunch of yards. The problem is they're just too far behind on the list. I mean, what was it? Mayfield was able to have a fantastic outing without using a lot of Mike Evans. That's significant to me. But he's still way behind that. I, I just don't think there's the time to catch up. Like three games, it's not as much as you might think it is, Paul. Process question. So I think mm-hmm. if I think if Stroud doesn't play this weekend, he's done either way. Yeah, yep. right. Sure. So what if you cash out, take half of the three X, and still put it onto it and try and double dip? That's you're not, not bad. losing. Like you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. Lo- you're in the green. You're in the black. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so then, or like, of... if it's not to a like pick a horse, like whatever. But you've already, it's it was a great bet. It's a tough way for that one to end, but take the profit on it and try and sure. make then maybe more. you get five units, five to six right. instead of three to four. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. At plus one, that. yeah, that's not bad. I like that. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm not at all. Uh, shall we move on to uh, defense and sacks and who will finish as the right. sacks leader? Uh, because this one to me is a especially intriguing just because uh, we may be focusing so much on MVP with Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons and guys like that. But someone kind of on the outside could very well take this honor. So what are you looking at here? Uh-huh. Certainly could. Uh, it's so bunched up at the top. You've got Watley in the way with 16. He's a half a sack up on Hunter. He's one sack mm-hmm. up on Khalil Mack, Trey Hendrickson, and then we get to the interesting names for me. So when you bake in value and bake in opponents, there were two names that popped to me. Um, I was considering Miles Garrett, and he's 13. The problem is he's three back with three games left, right? right. Uh, Houston, Jets, Cincinnati. And actually the Cincinnati one was the reason that I was not considering the bet. And they might have their five spot locked in. And I don't know that Garrett's going to be playing that last game of the year. And Browning, he's been getting rid of the ball lately. So like he hasn't been sacked a ton. There were a couple of games where he had like three or four sacks. Um, right. But that's not the one that jumped out to me. The one that jumped out to me has better odds than Garrett, but a little bit closer to Watt. And that's Paul's guy. Josh Allen at 11 to one. So he has 13 and a half sacks, two and a half back, and he's got Tampa, Carolina. Keep in, keep in mind that Bryce Young has taken the second most sacks. Everyone talks about Howell, but Bryce Young has taken a ton of sacks too. And then closing the season with Tennessee quarterback, I don't know, big question mark. Maybe it's Levis. See what Levis did this week? He took seven sacks. I think right. Josh Allen's in a good spot. I think it's a great spot. I'm a big fan of that one. Not to mention, Micah Parsons was someone, like you said, like he's got a bit of a deficit to make up, so that's a big deal. But also, too, like we learned a valuable lesson on Sunday. Sam Howell can get benched. Some of these other Mm. quarterbacks you're talking about, like Bryce Young and company, they're not getting benched. I think that is safe to say, but Howell can get yanked. And if that's the case, then Parsons – abilities and potential to accrue just a ton of sacks in that week 18 game they may not be there now so i want a longer number if i'm going to invest in that possibility and at nine to one i just don't like it um other thing too is that if you are looking at say you know miles garrett at nine to one here um this one could be valuable zach wilson has a really high sack rate uh still has to face the browns and so that's important uh, or rather, you know, Browns face the Jets, Zach Wilson, high sack rate. Uh, but then, you know, the other games do offer some possibilities there. I think also what matters is if you look at, say, how many sacks a defender can get. Right now, Khalil Mack uh, has most sacks in a game at six. All these other guys only get like three, three and a half in a game. That was an outlier performance. So is it safe to say that if you're trailing in this market, there isn't that much time left to make up the deficit. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, this is interesting now because there are ways to find value and it's easier to look at path and possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like jumping in these markets with about a month left. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, line movements, injury updates for week 16 right here on the BetQL Network.